0: So somewhere near the middle of 2020, my family and I were at a grocery store and, you know, the pandemic was in absolute full swing. And we had heard from some people on social media and also a couple of news outlets that how, how the world was changing, you know, things were different. And so we pick, went to the store to pick up a few things and, and we wanted to see for ourselves if what we were hearing was true. Now, a lot of what we heard was confirmed when we got to the store and we saw notices that there was limited supply of things. You could only buy one thing uh, of certain items. And as we went up and down the aisles, we came to an empty aisle. There was nothing on the shelves. And my first thought was, oh, they must be adding maybe some 4th of July things or some summer things or adding some new items. And then it dawned on me that that is where they kept the toilet paper. You know, everything that we heard was true. And maybe you went through this, this similar experience, but people were stocking up on toilet paper because they were worried about what might happen. And that was causing the stores to run out. Now, thankfully, our family just made a Costco run just a couple of weeks before, so we were pretty set up on toilet paper. But the thought of what we were seeing, it made me think. I mean, think back to everything that happened in 2020. There was, uh, there was the pandemic that was in full swing. It caused restaurants, movie theaters, and shopping malls all over the world to close down. Schools and churches were either forced to close down or they went completely online. Hospitals were nearing capacity. Face masks were becoming the new normal. And also that year, there was social justice issues that resulted in riots and protests all over our country. And then on top of the global pandemic and racism being at the forefront more than it ever has since the 1960s, we had wildfires in our area that caused our air quality to be worse than anywhere else in the world. You know, all of these things, they would be a a pretty big deal on their own, but cram all three of those things into one year Wow. And with all of these issues that we had to work through, with everything that we had to deal with, there were some people who thought the most important thing they needed to take care of, the number one thing on their priority list, got to get my toilet paper. Now, after a few few months, things kind of seemed to normalize. And slowly, the shelves started to fill back up at the grocery store. But for a while, it seemed like everyone's focus was on the negative. Now, fast forward two years to today. There's still plenty of things to worry about. We've got what's going on in Ukraine. Uh, COVID seems to, there's rumors that it's, it's coming back. We've got other, other political issues that are tearing the country apart sometimes we get stuck looking at all the negatives in our life. And when things fall apart or go sideways, it's hard to find any positives to focus on. So people focus on the negatives and they have a hard time envisioning what's next. What what are we gonna do next? And that's when worry starts to set in. So today we're gonna finish up our series on overcoming darkness and we're gonna look at the darkness of worry. Now, worry is a little different than what we talked about a few weeks ago when we talked about the anxiety brought on by the what ifs in life. Instead of asking what if, a lot of times people ask, what am I gonna do now? Maybe the doctor gave you some bad news. Maybe your spouse filed for divorce. Maybe you were let go from your job. Whatever it is, your world may have been rocked. And now you can't help but think, what am I going to do now? How am I going to move forward? How am I going to keep going? That's what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to be looking at what Jesus said about worry. So we're going to be looking at Matthew chapter 6. So if you have your Bibles with you, go ahead and open those up to Matthew chapter 6. If you want to use the pew Bibles in front of you, our story is on page 960, 960. So the section that we're going to be reading from is part of something called the Sermon on the Mount. And it's one of Jesus' most famous teaching moments. And actually after Memorial Day, we're going to jump back into a few different parts of the Sermon on the Mount to see what Jesus said on a bunch of different things. But today, like I said, we're going to be in chapter 6, and we're going to start out in verse 25. And Jesus says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? So he starts out this section by saying, therefore. And whenever you read therefore in scripture, you need to find out what it's there for. So Jesus is connecting thoughts. And just before our section today, Jesus is talking about how you shouldn't be materialistic. You shouldn't focus on your stuff. You should focus on God. And so when he says therefore, it's like he's saying because of that, because you shouldn't focus on your stuff, because you should focus on God, don't worry about what you're going to eat or drink or what clothes you're going to wear. And then he continues on by saying, aren't there more important things in life? What about God? Isn't he more important than your stuff? Hasn't he provided For you? And then Jesus uses a great illustration. He says, starting in verse 26 Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worry, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown in the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? In the summer of 1859, there was a guy named Charles Blondin and he climbed up a tightrope that was stretched 160 feet up in the air above Niagara Falls and several times he walked back and forth over the Falls from the US side to the Canadian side and back. One time he completed the trip shuffling along in a potato sack. Another time he rode across in a bicycle. One time he did it on stilts. One time he even brought a stove with him and cooked an omelet halfway in between the US and the Canadian side. Now another time, Blondin even walked backwards from the US side to the Canadian side, grabbed a wheelbarrow and pushed it back over to the US side. And he was going to ask for some audience participation. Now the crowds have been watching him. They ooh and ah. And he had proven that he could easily walk across the tightrope. I mean, doing it without any other like stilts or potato sack or anything? No problem. He'd done that back and forth. Absolutely he could do it. But now he was asking for volunteers. Do you believe that I can carry someone across the tightrope in a wheelbarrow, he said. And everybody cheered, yes. And he said, okay, who's getting in? And everybody took a big step back. (laughs) So when Jesus was giving the examples of how God takes care of the birds and makes the flowers beautiful, it was like Charles Blondin. He was showing that he had no trouble going back and forth on the tightrope. But when Jesus is asking somebody, hey, you don't need to worry, a lot of times we give the same response as if somebody was asking us to get into a wheelbarrow on a tightrope. And then Jesus calls out his disciples, and, and us too, because we are disciples of Jesus. By punctuating his point, he says, you of little Now he used this term a couple of other times in scripture. One time he was in a boat with the disciples and they were going across the lake and Jesus wanted to catch up on some sleep so he took a nap. And all of a sudden a storm came up and the boat is rocking back and forth and the disciples, they're starting to get a little afraid and so they wake Jesus up and they said, hey, we need your help. And Jesus' response was, you of little faith, why are you so afraid? And then he calmed the storm. Now, another time, Jesus is walking on the water. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. And Peter asks him if he can get out on the water and walk with him. And Jesus obliges and says, yes, come out and walk with me. And as long as Peter is looking directly at Jesus, there's no problem. He continues to stay on top of the water. But the minute he starts to notice the waves and the wind and the storm around him, suddenly he starts to sink and he calls out to Jesus for help. Immediately, Jesus grabs his hand, pulls him back up and says, you of little faith, why did you doubt? So in both of those examples, there was a storm that the disciples were focusing on. And Jesus saves the day and he asks, why are you so afraid? Why did you doubt? How many times have we been in the middle of a storm in our life and things go from bad to worse and we assess how bad the situation is and we look up and we say, "Uh, Jesus, can we get a little help down here? Uh, Help. And as we come to him filled with worry, he says, you of little faith. And he says that because here's the thing. If you are here listening to this message or if you're watching on YouTube later, God has a 100% track record of taking care of you. Sure, it might not be taking care of you the way you wanted to be taken care of or the way you thought you should be taken care of. But he is taking care of you. Now, as we get back to our passage, Jesus is starting to wrap up his thought. And he says, starting in verse 31, So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. So Jesus is hammering home this point, and he transitions when he says, but, again, Jesus is saying, don't worry, instead, keep your eyes on God and what he's doing. Don't worry, instead, keep working towards the mission of God. When you find yourself in a storm and your life is just going sideways and you're tempted to start worrying, Jesus is saying, hey, there's no need to worry. Instead, just focus on me right here, right now. He'll take care of all of our business just as he promised. So really, what, what do we have to worry about? And finally, Jesus finishes our passage today in the same way he started it. In verse 34, he says, Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Now remember, when somebody says, therefore, it's like they're saying, because of that. So Jesus is saying, because of everything that I've just told you about why you shouldn't worry just know that you will go through some storms. And you might even see some of them coming from the horizon. You might know that they're coming, but don't focus on those. You see me, that's all you need to focus on. Right here, right right here with me. Do not worry. So in 1976, singer Bob Marley survived an attack and an attempted murder. Back then Marley, he, he supported the prime minister back then and other political groups didn't like that he was such a vocal well-known supporter of a political figure. Now this was just one of the struggles in Bob Marley's life. It started out really rough, see his mother her name was Sedella, and she was the descendant of slaves. His father was Captain Norval Sinclair Marley, a white politician working for the British government. So the power imbalance between those two would be quite obvious right away, but to make things even worse, Sedella was only 17 years old with promises of a future uh, Norval manipulated Sadella into a romantic relationship with him. And then as soon as Sedella got pregnant, Norval hit the road. So Sedella was a poor, single woman. Bob Marley, he grew up in one of the poorest areas of Kingston, Jamaica, and lived a pretty rough life. And unfortunately, it was cut short in 1981 at age 36. Bob Marley died of cancer. But even though he had a very rough, short life, he still found time to see the beauty in things. In 1977, just a year after somebody made an attempt on his life, Bob Marley released a song that was inspired by three little birds that he would always see flying around his house. And the lyrics of the song, they go, Rise up this morning, smiled with the rising sun, three little birds pitched by my doorstep, singing sweet songs of melodies, pure and true, saying this is my message to you. Don't worry, because every little thing is going to be all right. Singing don't worry about a thing, because every little thing is going to be all right. That is the bottom line of this message. And it's also the bottom line of our entire sermon series. There's a lot of darkness in the world, and that darkness is causing a lot of pain to a lot of people. But no matter what's going on in your life, whether it's fear, anxiety, doubt, sickness, or worry, that's bringing darkness into your life, you can turn from the darkness. And you can turn knowing that if you could just get to Jesus, Jesus could fix what the world says can't be fixed. When the what-ifs of life start to creep up, give you anxiety, you can know that you don't have to be anxious about anything. But instead, in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And you don't have to be afraid, because Jesus said to his disciples and to you, do not be afraid, for I am with you. And when you start to see the darkness fade, and you start to see the light of Jesus coming into your life, you will know every little thing gonna be alright. Let's pray. Lord in heaven, thank you so much for today. Thank you for being with me. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for taking care of us and letting us know that we have no no reason to worry. Thank you, Lord Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen.